0: Episode 421 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's together again and it feels so good. Actually, it's super hot. In this episode, we talk about Luca, the amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay, and Dan White's The Magician. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So crank that
1: AC because things are heating up. Thanks to Texas, we can run our AC at 90 degrees now.
0: to kick every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks lauren's back so why don't you tell us how you are doing today? i heard you got a big project who's a fourth? yeah i did
2: um it's for linkedin i do a lot of work for them actually on the side um this was a farewell book for one of their um retiring big people i don't i should, probably shouldn't say too much um but I yeah, found they a weigh over 400 two- pounds retiring big people. (laughs) Uh, Just someone high up in the company. But it was a pretty cool project. But I had a meeting about two hours before we were supposed to record where I found out there was a folder of 200 pictures that needed to be included in the book I was working on. And I was like, I have to do this all night. I'm screwed. So that was kind of my week. So thank you guys for... uh, Figuring out billable how to do it hours, me and billable yeah. hours. That's all that I. hear. I'm still getting paid. Everything's <laughs> fine. It was just a very stressful day for me, so I was like, I do not have time to do a podcast. Unfortunately, um, can I ask a weird question? Sure. Do you like? Do you want your work to honor you,
1: or, or like in my mind, I'd probably when I'm done working want to try to not
0: remember it as much as possible. I want to be. I want to. I want them to let me know. By me getting a farewell book. <laughs> like, I want that to be when I find out. Here's this here's this book we had an illustrator and designer put together for you. By the way, the this is your last this we is your can last no longer employ you. <laughs> If I'm gonna go out, I wanna do it that way or on my own terms, but nothing in between. I want it to go those those two directions.
2: I think that's a good answer. <laughs> uh but yeah, so Worked on that like a lot last week. That was the majority of my week, to be honest. So I watched a ton of TV while I was doing that. Uh, luckily, a lot of my favorite shows are back on right now. A lot of uh, the good competition shows that I've talked about already are back on. So Master Chef is back. Um, the audition part is over finally, so they'll get into the good part of the show uh, I feel starting like it this took week. Forever. I hate the auditions. I'm sorry. Six
0: episodes. It was. It was annoying. It was
2: three episodes. They're like a full hour long each, though, and like I find them really boring. I don't like them. I don't feel like you get to anything extra from them. Um, It was cool this year that they brought in the like legends people, like Paula Deen and um, Curtis Stone. uh, Curtis Stone and I forgot uh, who was the first one. Bam. Oh yeah, Emeril Lagasse, duh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was like cool to have them on the show, and like especially seeing everyone's reactions. But like other than that, it was I I always hate the audition episode, so I'm very excited to get into the actual competition starting this week. Um, another this great show that we
0: season eleven legends, right? Isn't that what it's yeah. called?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're probably going to have like a really famous guest judge every episode based on kind of the previews that they've had, and they yeah. have some really good people on the doc. So I think this will be very fun to watch. I'm so excited that they're going to. They not be use competing. the black hair
1: guy with, with glasses anymore
2: <laughs> oh um what would he do uh why can't i think of his graham elliott i love him i love yeah. him um he's not still on though right no like he owns a million restaurants and so i think like that's kind of what his focus is now <laughs> more than being on the show but so he he was he's always, always like my favorite racist. judge
1: what he's not like racist he wasn't like um, no no he just things. like he actually left the show
2: but that's not i mean they, i really they, hope that's why not. He's not on the show <laughs> I love him, so I really don't want this to be true. (laughs) But but to be clear, we do not know if he's racist. I guess technically that's possible, but I don't want to like I not yeah.
1: (laughs) Can we introduce our next guest that way on the
2: show? (laughs) This is not racist.
0: (laughs) Here's a person who we don't know if they're racist or not. Let's find out.
2: okay all right anyway so i'm gonna switch uh topics so keep going um why another you want to talk show. about racism some more <laughs> no no sorry sorry i do not want to talk about racism anymore i want to talk about legos because lego masters is back on and i freaking love that show just as good as the last season so far the i think the first episode like my i was just like completely floored by the stuff that they made it was really the, really did impressive. you like the so, dragons I did like the dragons. Yeah. They were pretty dope. I mean, yeah. a lot of them were really cool, though. The um, the Viking one was really awesome. Yes. Uh, I liked the, like, Indiana Jones one. That one was really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought they all did a good job, though. Yeah. Like, I think this is going to be a great season. Uh, it's off to a fun start. Um, and then one more competition show that I don't think I've mentioned on this show, but I have mentioned something very, very similar. Um, this show is called Full Bloom, and it is on HBO Max. And it's almost exactly like the big flower fight. um except that you don't compete in teams like duos um to begin with and then kind of the scope of their stuff is um both bigger and smaller because they have team challenges where they do really really big stuff like recreate paintings at like um 30 feet scale yeah 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 i was gonna say like 20 30 feet scale it's like huge insane and like all out of flowers it's so cool to watch um I I love it, and I <laughs> right now I have been running a lot, even though it's like ridiculously hot. And like when I see all the flowers everywhere, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I just like appreciate them so much after watching this show. But it's super fun flower competition show. Um, like I said, half the show is the big challenges, and then the other half is individual challenges. So you have to do much smaller, more like what I say people are used to when you think of flowers. So like, um, like actual bouquets. Um, they had a really weird one this time, this last episode. But like a lot of them are like. What would you sell as a bouquet? It was like a high-end one and a low-end one. Make a flower stand. Um, You know, like some really specific things, but like they're very cool. And I love – it's so impressive what they do with this stuff. So that is awesome. Yeah. Would a flower stand be a bowl of dirt? (laughs) This was like if you like had a little cart where you would sell flowers. Maybe I misspoke. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, I have a really cool thing that I need to show you guys that I got in the mail – um, I've been collecting these for a while, but I got the new series last week. And I'll try and hold these up, but they're going to be really hard to see because they are very tiny. Oh, but, I saw um, those. Yeah, Matt Ritchie, who is an artist I found from my M of One listener days, <laughs> um, like he did these like really cool Marvel stamps, and they are all different sizes, kind of based on the characters. I have the whole little pile here. Um, unfortunately, I missed out on the first series. He's done three now. Um, I love them they're really cool and like every single detail on each stamp is like suited for each character like uh, this one's Wolverine so it says it's from Canada instead of US postage mm-hmm. um, it has little like claw marks instead of the like uh, like you know like where you get the stamp yeah. on top of the stamp like the postage mark um, and all of those are custom for each one I'd like I love all the little details and stuff that he manages to put in these and then he does things where like the Giant Man one is really, really big compared to all of the other ones. Right. Um, and like Hulk and Thanos are really big, and then um, a bunch of the other ones are small. I'm dying to get the first series somewhere, somehow, if anybody can hook me up. Uh, I'm very sad that I missed out on Spider-Man. But he has not done the Guardians of the Galaxy yet, so I'm going to be okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are I really cool. Like The amount of detail, the illustration work that's done on them reminds me a lot of Tracy Ching. Um, yeah, but it I almost love- looks like money. Yes, I love the detail of how each stamp is unique. Like I think the one from like Loki says he's from Asgard. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, Loki's and Thor's do that, and yeah. it's cute. Thor's like stamp part has a little like rainbow thing, like the rainbow bridge. Yeah, I just think it's I think really it's, clever. Re- it's
0: yeah, it is really clever. And, and they're stickers though, right? They're not actual stamps. Yes. Yeah. They're okay. stickers, yeah. Okay. They do but,
2: look like real stamps, they're perforated like real stamps, they are the size of actual real stamps, but they would not function if you put them on an y- A. Are you sure? can try Apple. to use I was gonna them say, are
0: you sure they wouldn't function? I bet they might. I bet I would people be so sad to lose it for
2: no reason.
0: <laughs> just try well, to just send, send it, it to back me. to you. Yeah. Just they try to like, send it to me.
2: They're thicker than regular stamps though. Like I don't know if it would go through to the reader, you know. I don't know. I don't know, know. but they're really awesome. Um, I don't think think they have the
1: readers anymore. Uh, DeJoy pulled them all out, and they just have to manually check them now.
2: (laughs) Sad and true. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Matt Ritchie is making these awesome stamps. Uh, I hope he keeps making more. Uh, They're just great. I love them. Um, And speaking of Marvel stuff, I'm really excited that you guys did not talk about Loki last week, and now I can talk about it a little bit. Uh I'm so But excited. you can't because I haven't
1: seen it. So we just we can't even confirm but, it's a show. Why, but why? You, yeah.
2: Do you, are you waiting for it to finish? Do you want to binge it? Are you not interested? Cuz you do not watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, correct?
1: Cuz it looked dumb to me. It looked too <laughs> much like Thor 2. Um so Loki I, I mean, Wait, wait, I wait,
2: watch Falcon and Winter Soldier to no, you Loki. look like Loki. Okay. Right? No,
1: Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, okay, I was joking, but Falcon and Winter oh, okay. Soldier just looked like Boring old run-of-the-mill Marvel to me. It didn't look like what was cool about uh, WandaVision was that the first half of the series is just figuring out what the heck is even happening right now. Uh, so Loki for sure looks better. I intend to watch it, and I've heard great things about it. Just really awesome, positive things about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's more of just a, a time thing. I just haven't gotten. I've been very productive at my house like cleaning garages and hanging curtains. And like, I mean, you just wouldn't believe it. Uh, But also I've been watching a lot of the challenge. But I plan (laughs) on binging Loki. And yes, at this point, I will probably wait and just watch them all in one go.
2: Well, I will say you're in for a treat because so far I'm loving everything that is going on in this show. Basically, episode two starts, things start happening that I was assuming would happen by the end of the series. I know. So I'm just... Yeah, really excited to see what will happen next. Like I was talking to my brother about it this morning. I was saying like, I don't know if I could play chess on this, like on this level anymore, because like I thought I kind of had a a stake in this game and then they pulled this stuff and I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll just go along for the ride. I don't know if I should keep guessing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's probably for the best because like I think what was nice about this one, what was what was unique about WandaVision was they took forever to answer those questions. This time they flipped it around and they answered them right away. And then yeah. like that means what's what's left for the show is a complete mystery because mm-hmm. everything you've already seen in like the previews has already happened in the first two episodes. So now it's just like now Yeah.
2: We're... <laughs> yeah. It feels like like movie pace honestly. Like it's very exciting how quickly things are happening, how fast yeah. things are changing. I'm so excited.
1: Has Owen Wilson
0: said wow?
2: Yes. No, but I took a bet on how soon it will be until he says it.
0: <laughs> I, I bet you he I bet you he doesn't say it. I bet you he doesn't. I'm at this go point on I, bet I, I, <laughs> I bet he won't,
2: but I want it. I hope it's the
1: last line of the season.
0: Wow. Yeah,
2: I was thinking they'll save it for the last episode for him to do it at this point for sure. <laughs>
0: if he does it, you know it's just it's just unadulterated fan service. Because it does not Absolutely. suit his character at all. <laughs>
2: yeah. But I, I want everybody it.
0: can say the word "wow," not the way. That but he's says it. he's
2: special. Like Owen Wilson's "wow" is amazing. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but okay. we should definitely talk about Loki again, maybe closer to the end. I think that oh, this yeah. show will have very big consequences for the MCU overall. So it'll be very well, exciting that's the to thing. talk about.
0: Uh, Kevin Feige said has said that this show will advance the MCU far more than. Falcon and Winter Soldier or WandaVision.
2: I feel like, yeah, you can see the breadcrumbs yep. of this already and just the fact that the next several movies have to do with multiverses. So yes. this we're is, in this for is
0: it. the this is the setup to that for sure. Yeah. There, there, I'm there, very and there have been already dozens of cameos in Loki that I was not expecting to see.
2: Yes. Like it's it's in really fun. Like a fun, very like, fun I'm, way. So yeah, I am really can't wait for the next four episodes. And, oh, this is the first Marvel show that's gotten um, greenlit for a second season. So we will get really? to enjoy lots and lots of Loki.
0: Well, that's yes. there's a reason, I think, why. Because this can exist outside yeah. of time and space. So it, I think that's Well, it can also
2: exist with... Well, I, I'll say this separately so I don't spoil Patrick or anybody sure. else. And but also, yeah.
1: WandaVision, you just can't do again. I mean... The be, now that that's done, that's like a one shot because it's a of the linear way it was set up and executed. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I think that's okay to have some of these B things where it has multiple seasons, and some be the like one shot comic book kind of thing. Like I think it's neat that it, there'll be different versions.
0: Falcon and yeah. Winter Soldier is the same way, except that we can also probably have additional seasons of that. We needed that season to establish the new Captain America, mm-hmm. um, but beyond that, they could then go back and do different shenanigans and different antics or whatever. But this one is for sure set up in such a way that it can exist at any point in the Marvel cinematic universe. And that's what I love about it. It, it, it opens yeah. up the creative, uh, the creativity bag, like quite a bit.
2: Yeah. You really have to start thinking in like four dimensions to play on this game yeah. <laughs> that they're playing. And it's, yep. it's really fun. Uh, so Patrick, I hope you are looking forward to watching Loki. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, the other things that I want to talk about, I think you'll be talking about later because I want to talk about Luca very, very much. Um, and so, yeah, let Patrick, why don't you take it away?
1: Sure. So uh, just to give <laughs> a little bit of a clue of what I'm be talking about right now. Mm-hmm. That's Put racism. Put your pants back on. Just kidding. <laughs> um... I said a joke and you said a joke. And I don't know which one we're laughing
0: at. I think right, we're laughing uh, at, at the idea that both of those jokes could exist in the same sentence. I
2: was like, why don't you decide which one we were laughing <laughs> put you, at? Put your <laughs> pants back on
0: because that's racist.
1: <laughs> I am not saying anything. I built this set of Lego. That's right. This is the Lego oh, NES awesome. set. Uh, check this out, Lauren. Uh, it functions live. Oh my gosh.
2: Actually, has a real function. game cartridge or is it a Lego game cartridge?
1: It's a Lego game cartridge, <laughs> but it actually like you stick it, it in and t- it pops take up. Take it out and it show, her. Down.
0: show yeah, her, yeah, yeah. It looks cartridge. like it's. Um,
1: I told you, Andrew, I can't say that. Okay, <laughs> there it is. Oh my gosh, this is right awesome. There. Um, and then there's a TV, and then the TV, I'm sure you've seen this thing turns and then. Mario oh my moves gosh. on the screen. I'm trying to hold a camera. Yeah, and you're, show doing, you're you LEGO. doing a really good job, though. Yeah. I admire it. Because like, we can still well. hear
2: you crystal clear. It's so <laughs>
1: incredibly coordinated right now. Uh, but yes, so this that's is awesome. a set that I saw and wanted for a couple reasons. Um, obviously, there's a nostalgia piece to it, but uh, there's another thing with Lego that I have a problem with, and that's that it's kind of s- like sucks to display Lego. Uh, in that. You build it, but most of the pieces to me don't work well on a shelf in like an office or or like a common room. Now, it's one thing if you've devoted a large amount of space to that and if you're going to buy a lot of sets. But like for me, I'm not going to go spend six grand on Lego. So I I only want to own one or two sets. And so those sets I own, I want to be able to put on an office shelf and it still look nice and appropriate. Mm-hmm. So that kind of rules out. Uh, A lot of the creator sets, it rules out all of, like, the city sets. You don't want to get a
2: nice uh, Star Wars thing, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, and it it rules out a lot of the one-off, like, fire station or something like that. Even though these would probably be really fun builds. And then the second piece is also, like, storing it, right? Because if if I'm going to buy something, I want to buy something that's fun to build, which typically means scale. However, there's a lot of stuff that are complete pain to actually display anywhere i i used to own the the millennium falcon the the mm-hmm. big one by the way the like the 75192 whatever the model number the is 8000 which one yeah it's great except for oh well it's an absolute pain to build i mean because you need several days to do it and like it kills your fingers but <laughs> once you build it it's the size of a coffee table you can't display it anywhere um yeah. and the same thing like the disney castle i've, I've built that before but again, how do you display that anywhere it's kind of too big? So I needed something that was the right size that could go on a shelf in an office that wouldn't look out of place that was Lego but didn't necessarily like it needed more to it than just being Lego if that makes sense. And so I saw the NES and it was it, it all made sense. The the price was good, the right amount of complexity, and I felt like I could display it. And of course, the nostalgia factor, so many so many of us and our friends had one of these systems when they were younger um so uh i wasn't i was kind of holding off kind of holding off needing to pay that whole tax guy and uh thankfully that came through and uh i saw that these were sold out online but they had them in the store at our local mall so andrew was kind enough to go purchase it for me uh very very sweet of him and then andrew and i put it together i tackled the nds andrew tackled the tv
0: I think I got the more fun part of this build. Uh, You definitely (laughs) got the less monotonous part of the build. That's for sure. Every single one of those panels that you see, Lauren, if you Mm -hmm. turn, you know, of each of the rotating screen, like the level, is built on a a gridded track. And that track had to be built. And then the grid had to be built. And then all of the individual tiny (laughs) square pieces that make up that image that rotating image. Like all basically of that like each pixel
2: almost. Yeah. Yes. Pixel mm-hmm. by pixel.
0: So it's like a four layers, like a four layer process to get just yeah. that part. That's not even including the TV or the <laughs> mechanism that you have to build to make that thing function.
2: I'm Well, it sure looks sweet. It is very <laughs> cool. Yeah.
0: yeah so for, if you haven't seen it, it is an
1: NES. It's about 80% the size of a real NES. And it's uh, like an old like uh, CRT TV or tube TV or whatever technology was. Uh, and inside the TV is a rotating track. So Mario, actually, it's like level one of of Mario, uh, or or it, it's, it's reminiscent that, yeah, of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's reminiscent of like level one of Mario, and uh, and you actually turn a crank on the side of the TV, and this track rotates the scene, and then Mario responds to it. Uh, all very very cool. But I do know that I left for like an hour long meeting when you started building the track and when i came back you were still building the track yes when you came back i was just starting on the pixel part <laughs> <What is this? laughs> so it took a bit of time so yeah the build altogether it was you and me and then coop a couple times it took about what 3 hours maybe to do the build uh it's probably closer to 4 yeah, yeah. um so it again That's it's stay. a good it's a good level of complexity but it looks very nice. It has some really cool functional parts. Uh, again, like the spring loaded cartridge and mm-hmm. the turning track. And it's got a, if you have
0: the uh, Lego Nintendo, um, what's it called, Andrew? The Super Mario Lego, where he, like, the interactive one. Yeah, that oh. we talked about in the show before yeah. that has mm-hmm. a little display the digital on it. Guy, yeah. uh,
1: it has a, a piece on here that if you put him on here, it plays the uh, original theme music. and While It, and the it level plays, goes, like, the. That's pretty sweet. Yep, and it plays the flag music as well. The da 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 when mm-hmm. you get to the end, uh, which is super cool. So anyway, that's the NES Lego. That was our fun uh, project for the week. But I'm very very proud of this, and this is going to fit nicely uh, on my shelf. Uh, Andrew also got a Lego that I'm gonna go uh, destroy and rebuild, and I'll let him.
0: <laughs> Andrew, did you even did you even build it? Yeah, that's what I'm getting ready to talk about. You
1: want me to talk about it? Did
2: you guys go to the Lego store, See, here's or was it somewhere else?
1: Let me, let me real quick say this real quick. How I just want to point out how bad Andrew is at this. Before we started, I asked Andrew, did he build this? And he said, I'll tell you about it on the podcast. So now that we're on the podcast, I asked him, did you build this? And his response was, I'm about to talk about it. <laughs> As though before you wanted me to ask you. <laughs> I remember to ask you, and then you just talked to me
0: in like this dismissive. <laughs> oh, it, because are you, are you done talking or are you handing it over to me? Because if there's <laughs> that more was, to talk, I did yeah, what's only called a about segue. One
2: thing.
1: Okay. Done? I was facilitating this. Uh, I was, uh, had one thing. I uh, had one thing.
0: I was facilitating <laughs> a segue to Andrew that I thought I was very natural. I apologize. You're right. Had I picked up on the fact that it was a segue, I would have just seamlessly gone into it. But in my head, I was thinking, like, <laughs> why are you asking me this if you're going to keep talking? <laughs> <laughs> because I stopped talking. Okay, well, let me start talking. <laughs> How about that? Uh, to answer your question, Lauren, um, yeah, there's a Lego store at the mall here. Uh, and uh, and that's where we got it. That's that's the whole story. I that's love it.
2: the Lego store. It's like a dream come true. <laughs>
0: so I... So, I I bought that set for Patrick, and then immediately realized, um, literally on my way home from that encounter, uh, that the um, the the new Ecto One, the Creator set Ghostbuster mm-hmm. Ecto One, released this weekend, this past weekend as well. And so I went back and got this one. And let me show you where I'm at with it. Here's the build. Uh huh. Let me let me tell you we're That's at about crazy
2: that the back of that looks so much like a real TV. Oh, yeah. And it has the little the dots. It, ha- it the, has everything. The, RCA. The, the, yes, thank you. Yep. Um <laughs> Sorry, Let me that tell you exciting. that
0: this is about this is about six hours into the build, roughly, mm-hmm. what I'm getting ready to show you. Okay. So here's here it is.
2: Oh wow. You I mean you're not you're it looks like about seventy five percent. I have five done, bags of
0: I have bag five bags of Legos left. So so what 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 I'm showing her and Patrick is this uh, 19 inch long uh, scaled model of the Ecto-1. Um, I have opted to not put the rust. It looks like stickers a convertible
2: in. version at the moment. Yes,
0: there's no, there's <laughs> currently no roof or back panels <laughs> or tires. Um, <laughs> But what it does have already, I can show you, is really cool. But it's, uh, I've opted to not put the rust stickers on because this is meant to coincide with the release of of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so it will they, be rusted all the way through. So it will be, yeah. Um, oh. But this, if you just don't put the rust stickers on, it looks like the original, um, and so I, I opted not to. Uh, so what's cool about this one, uh, among the fact that it's a it's a scale model, um, all the the doors. You know, the suicide oh, door. Awesome. They all function. Um, on top of that, the steering wheel, you actually have to build a steering column that uh, that actually functions. I don't know if let me see if I oh can. Oh my show gosh.
2: You. you see how the c- oh yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally.
0: So it it's an actual <laughs> functioning steering column. The the mechanics of this, this is incredibly mechanical. Uh, the grill alone, I don't know if you see the grill, every one of those mm-hmm. is an individual tiny piece. That gets snapped on Ooh. the grill by itself is like eighty pieces, <laughs> just Damn. the grill. Um, Can you tell what
1: the piece is from? Like, is it custom to that set or is it a uh, uh, It looks custom.
0: Uh, no, it could be. It, oh, you know what? It looks like it's a potentially a roller skate. Uh, Love like it. A, mi- a mini Love roller it. skate. But then the hood opens up and there's an engine, and inside oh my God, the engine that's crazy. you have the belts that turn, and when the belts turn, it actually rotates, <laughs> like. Like, it's, le- it's a legit mechanical build. Um, so it's about that six hours nuts. in. Probably have about an hour and a half left to finish it out, maybe two hours left to finish it out. It's really cool. Um, it's uh, it's going to look good on the shelf, so I'm, I'm excited for that. A um, couple other things that I got in the mail. Uh, it's Pride Month, and I think I've mm-hmm. talked before about Gideon's Bakehouse. Did I talk about it? Maybe I didn't. Gideon's Bakehouse is a place at Disney Springs in Florida, Um, Mm -hmm. and they make cookies that are about this big, and each cookie is a half pound. Um, I mean, you've talked about it. I just don't know if you've talked about it on the show. I don't think I've talked talked about about it on the show.
2: I don't think I could ever finish one of those. (laughs)
0: I don't think I could finish more than two and a half. Maybe three. Um, They are incredible. It's like the best cookie I've ever had, too. They're not just novelty size. Mm -hmm. They actually taste really good. They have some really unique flavors and stuff. But one of my favorite things about them is their design. So it's designed to look like this old gothic library inside um and they have this gargoyle that's stylized gargoyle that sits outside on top of the like on top of the place with the large like gothic style g for Mm -hmm. gideons on their sign out front um but they released uh some apparel uh, and some things to coincide with pride month and so i got one of their pins this was a limited edition pin it's there's a thousand of them but here's the pin that came in that's the gargoyle Let's see if I can get the gargoyle to f- come into focus here. And the backer
1: is white with it looks like uh, that there gold. Go. Yeah, um, yes. that's not it, Nothing's pressed on that, though. That's just a that's gold awesome. layer on top of white, right? It's a white, gold right?
0: layer, yeah. And it's got like the holographic whatever. Uh, really oh, cool pin, yes. like really cool. So mm-hmm. it's a gargoyle. It's the logo where it's the gargoyle hugging the G, and then his wings have the rainbow in them. Really, really neat little pin. Um And then uh, one other thing that I, t- I talked about last week is that I am uh, selling some of my mystery shack prints of my painting. Um, and here's one that, I, that someone has already purchased. I've sold a, f- a few of them. But what I'm doing, I haven't told people this, but what I'm doing is asking people's favorite um, Gravity Falls character. And I'm doing like a remark on all of them. So here's one of the prints oh, with awesome. Mabel Pines on there. So if you want one of these, hit me up in my DMs. Uh, the prints came out really good, like really, like the colors are popping yeah. pretty well. So you guys it's have really seen nice. the original, so uh, yeah. Um, what if someone doesn't want the remark? They can ask for it without it.
1: Oh, so it's not, you're I, not surprising them? I'm not the
0: surprising them. I just didn't say that in the initial, like in the initial pitch. Did you uh, draw that? Yes.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Which it just thing? seems better than you.
0: <laughs> Which thing? <laughs> what <laughs> um i was really
1: impressed by the, the it's a watercolor and i was yeah. very impressed with that piece i mm-hmm. i don't well, know i don't know how to say that in a way that that i feel like there's it probably negative. better ways than what you did say
2: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go Which, with that well
0: what i figured is that that looks surprisingly uh, good for your talent level is probably <laughs> not <laughs> well i think that hits better on a podcast Ah, uh, i see i see yeah
1: i would just never say this to your face
0: but i no. think you're very talented Thanks. I I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Why wouldn't you say that to her face? Uh, So, yeah, if you want to get one of those, uh, just hit me up on my Instagram DMs. Um, I feel like there was one other thing, but I think we've gone on enough for this. uh, Oh, I've been watching some things, but I'll wait until next week to talk about them because there's been some fun stuff to watch. It's not me. I've been watching you. That is true. Uh, Oh, I am going to say this. I'm going to say this. One thing I did last week... uh, We, for the patrons, you heard me talking about being over at Chris's, putting together a puzzle. Here's the Mm -hmm. puzzle situation that we did. So I put together Mm. the mystery um, or the the mystic maze from uh, Magic Puzzle Company a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, I went over to Chris's house because he bought the other two as well. Yeah. And here's what he decided to do. He took both puzzles. I guess I should say we. We took both puzzles and dumped them both on the same table Ooh. in an effort to make our challenging puzzle an almost an impossible challenge. Um, I love trying it. trying to
2: put them both together. Um, no, because they're different enough that I think you'll be okay. It's just going to take a long time to sort it all out.
0: That's the issue. The sorting while you're trying to put it together. And we also gave ourselves a rule of we're not going to sort the main pieces. We were only going to sort the... Pull out like the uh, like the, the the edge pieces, which, as you know, Lauren, there are an infinite number of edge pieces because these are not normal puzzles. That's
2: almost harder than because like I just go by sections when I've done their puzzles so far, like pick a that actually might be
0: that might actually be better. I was at his house for almost seven hours and I only finished maybe a corner like a yeah, like maybe I don't a fifth of one of the puzzles.
2: Yeah, yeah, doing the edges on those is, like, not, in my opinion, the way to go because there's too many edges, and, like, some sure. of them are, like, weird to predict. So um, I definitely just pick, like, okay, like, like in the island one, I'm like, okay, I'll go for the Arctic section first, and then I'll do and the And that's desert, what he did. You know? So he was working on yeah. the
0: Arctic one. I was working on, like, the New England in fall one, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and mine just be- essentially became a sea of khaki, and it was almost impossible for yeah. me. Yeah, so. that one anyway. with the...
2: That second one, that's like the beach one. Um, I forget, what, like a sunny town or whatever. Yeah. Like that one is, I thought the hardest so far. I, think I haven't it done is. the the maze one yet.
0: The maze one's really fun, uh, but I think yeah, the maze I'm one, saving you can it for when go, I'm done. You can kind of go room by room, much like how you did mm-hmm. the the aisle one, where you can go uh, section by section, like climate by climate. Yeah. The this mm-hmm. one, other one, all of the tones are kind of within three to five shades of the same red to like. Uh, teri- uh, teriyaki terracotta color like everything is <laughs> yes. in that same shade zone shut up Patrick <laughs> I like to imagine you spilled something while you were working on the puzzle mm-hmm. yeah I was eating a ton of teriyaki and it just went everywhere <laughs> um, okay uh, that's it I'll, yeah. I'll give you an update we did not get anywhere near finishing so I'll give you an update when, uh, when that happens nice yeah good job okay uh, for that I think we're going to call that one done let's head over to the master categories The master categories each week are when we uh, talk about the dice we rolled the week before. Well, Lauren wasn't here last week, and she's our dice keeper. So Mm midweek, we rolled dice to figure out what our categories were. Uh, And so, uh, Patrick, why don't you uh, kick us off? Absolutely. I got movies after three
1: different roles. It turns out that... uh, (laughs) Andrew and I kept rolling the same thing, but I'm going to talk about the latest film by Pixar, which just came out this past week, which is
0: Luca. Luca the same is- topic, and then also the same number, right? right? Like, I think the first time we just had the, the first happened time you guys the got the topic. same
2: topic, different numbers. The second time you guys got the same, same number, I believe. and then we had and to roll again. Okay. Yeah.
1: Great. All right. Luca, <laughs> the latest film by Pixar, which. Uh, talks about the uh, friendship of Luca and Alberto it's uh, I, I mean it's hard to say how much I feel like the trailer did or didn't give away because I didn't really watch the trailers and I do like to res- I do like people to to experience a movie for themselves mm-hmm. so it, it just has to do with uh, an Italian uh, you know uh, ocean front town. And a uh, a group of people that are sea monsters and a group of people that are humans, and then their interaction together, and then of course this uh, friendship that's blossoming between Luca and Alberto. So uh, Al- Alberto. So I'll just leave it there. <laughs> that's kind of as much plot as we need to talk about. Uh, but uh, I thought Luca was uh, a very very beautiful film. You know, I, I'm gonna I want to talk a little bit more about some of the the tech side of it, and then I'll give a review of it. And I know you've both seen it, and so we'll get to dialogue for a minute. But um. I remember commenting when we started watching the film, I made a comment about some of the water felt like um, uh, Studio uh, Ghibli. and yes. Or, or I, I, I referenced a specific film. and yeah, I think you said
0: Studio Giblets. But yeah, yes. Studio we, Giblets. Were you
2: talking about Ponyo? Because it also uh, takes place underwater? Uh, I was
0: not, but no. that is a
2: film that exists.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which one you, did you say? Do you remember? I don't, but I was I was really referring just to the animation style. Sure. Uh, I may have re- referenced like Kiki's Delivery yes, Service or something. That to
2: me is the closest um, yeah.
1: visual. Yeah. Um, and I found it interesting after the fact, I was reading an article yesterday uh, that specifically was talking about their approach to animation in this fu- film. So if we go back, uh, and just thinking in terms of animated films we've watched recently, mm-hmm. uh, the last one I watched was Ryan the Last Dragon. And one thing I talked about in the re- that review was that there were so many elements that were just absolutely photorealistic, but then you layered on these characters that kind of had these like doll features, uh, and it created this weird weirdness for me of like everything was photorealistic almost, but then these things weren't, and it created this kind of like visual conflict I didn't like. I I felt like there wasn't a consistent style across mm-hmm. that film, and Luca. Uh, reading about the technical challenges of it, one thing they said is that um, you know they they making things photorealistic is not an issue at this point. If you, they want water to be photorealistic, you can be photorealistic. If they want rocks yeah. and trees and whatever to do, they they can. Mm-hmm. Their approach was they wanted it to look more stylized and to actually feel more like a, a Studio Ghibli film or to feel more like these old posters or advertisements or whatever. And so because of that. Instead of using their, um, you know, c- uh, computer generated uh, water reaction, whatever, to, to, <laughs> to generate how the ocean would react, you know, which actually takes these uh, wind sources and extrapolates how all the particles collide over these distances. And they wanted the control to actually, like, place individual droplets in some case. So they decided to go with a, uh, instead of this fully dynamic style, this procedural style of developing this, they decided to go with much, uh, and I'm just talking about water, but we can apply this to the other other systems. Mm -hmm. They decided to go with more stylized um, versions instead of photorealistic. And then they had the ability to, in a given scene, instead of the model just generating itself, they had the ability to go in and go, well, we actually stylistically, we want a, this to be here and this to be here. So they, they could place things at any point in time so that way they could have these um, these moments, these really beautiful it, frames and, and then things would go on to continue to uh, to react. And so they, they took a lot more control and they took a much more stylistic approach instead of a photorealistic approach. And again, this was applied everywhere. And because of that, The film, to me, felt much more visually cohesive than something like Raya. Mm -hmm. And we did have these, um, I I think, more just kind of wow moments from it. In fairness, Raya did have a couple big wow moments. Yeah. But there were just more moments of, and wow is almost the wrong term, but just just very (laughs) pleasurable scenes, Mm -hmm. if I can use that word. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> I really for d- it. I
2: think, I think it kind of like takes a, 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 sort of a note from like into the spider verse where like they were drawing on top of their computer animation. It is almost like that where they're like using the, that ability to control where the water is going to make a splash that emphasizes what the action is instead of a super photorealistic scientific splash. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So uh, all that to say, I think the film is beautiful, which is funny because mm-hmm. I I was reading some threads earlier today with people complaining that, complaining that things aren't realistic looking. That's uh,
2: like my favorite part of it.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, and and so for the people co- that believe that realism equates to success. beauty or equates to yes. success or whatever, uh, I I fully wholeheartedly disagree, and will say that this is is. To me, this is an absolutely very beautiful film. Now, I can understand if with a film like Coco, people enjoy the contrast and the vibrancy of those type of scenes. Because you're dealing with a lot of like fluorescent, you're dealing with a lot of very dark and very bright. And mm-hmm. I can understand how, how that's very attractive to people. But I would argue this film is just as beautiful a film as a film like Coco. It's just a different style. And yeah. for what they were going for, they were very successful in that. The other yeah. thing that was interesting is that the characters, and Andrew marked on this first, and I didn't agree with him until about 10 minutes later, and I, and I finally saw what he was talking about. <laughs> That's how most things happen in life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the characters... Um, l- frankly in, in many scenes look like stop motion a- almost like like if you reference like, that too e- the lighting had to be right especially when they had harsh backlight you really noticed it so like when they had the sun and the ocean to their back it was very obvious but there were moments where the cl- characters look completely practical uh, as opposed to in, in those
0: moments feeling uh fully animated it so it felt like a more polished wallace and gromit in terms
2: of style that is so funny. That's the exact reference that Trevor said. But t- to me, the the animation style is closest to Ratatouille. You know, it just feels like. But but even more, like a little bit more Ghibli, and yeah, like a little bit of that Wallace and Gromit thing because they did that thing sometimes where like people would turn sideways and their mouth. It's the like rat. It's the rounding like of, the the of the faces and mouth. the mouth. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it. it.
0: Everything becomes oval on some level. There's mm-hmm. no like straight edges in the characters, whereas Ratatouille definitely is stylized but it it deals more a bit with extreme so some characters they feel are like harsher to me where they're like like very harsh edges because the mm-hmm. characters are intended to be harsh and sharp whereas mm-hmm. no characters in this movie had any it was almost susie well in, but it's all very nature. fluid it's very yes. watery yes, like exactly. the, the
2: vibe that they're going for is much softer but like to me they do feel like they well, could take place in the same universe or something you know well, like, what's there's, funny is there's,
0: yeah, Cooper, exactly. Now that I'm, you're saying that, I'm remembering that Cooper said that um, the main character, Luca, his his human form looks a lot like the guy from Ratatouille, so a lot like Linguini. Like, yeah,
2: and I heard like, that okay. um, Enolio looks like Skinner's like grandson, basically, or like nephew, <laughs> the bad guy. the bad guy? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah both that. of them. <laughs> I could see that. And I was like, I could totally see that.
1: <laughs> so I think it's a beautiful film. Uh, on the case of story, it is small- but I, I say I say that as a positive. It, mm-hmm. it is a it, it's not <laughs> you know there's not some uh, uh, super grand scale earth shattering or 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 whatever type thing. The, the story takes place over a, a fairly short amount of time, mm-hmm. dealing with a small group of characters, and it doesn't reach very much beyond that. Yeah, uh, the conflict resolves really quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I will say that when we're conditioned that everything is just going to get worse, worse, and then uh, irreparable, right? Like uh, storytelling. If we reference the, um, I can't remember which Disney artist it was that that uh, I, I believe is one of the Disney uh, artists that actually put together a storytelling guide, and one of the the points in it was you had to get to your a character to a point that hope was lost. Basically, it was inescapable. Yeah anything any threads they had they were holding on to were cut then you had to get them out of it like that's part Mm -hmm. of their book of storytelling and so we're conditioned to like have this hopeless moment and have to sit (laughs) in this hopelessness before we get resolve. and so from that standpoint it's nice every now and then to not have to hit this like point of despair to just like quickly push through that beat.
2: I think like this was like great to watch after having seen in the Heights because I think that was also a movie where like at some points I kept expecting like this story is going to get bigger and bigger, but it's like, no, it's really just a story about these people who live in this neighborhood. And that's all that it's about. And it doesn't need to be anything more than that. Like, it's fine that this movie is like quiet and simple and stuff. And like, I was hearing a lot of people kind of dogging that it's like a little more simpler or maybe more juvenile, but it to me, like, Speaking of Studio Ghibli, they have movies like My Neighbor Totoro that are clearly meant for a younger audience than Princess Mononoke, and that's this movie kind of feels like that to me. Maybe not like as far apart as those two are, but it does feel like this is probably for a different audience than Soul. They're they're just yeah. like on they're not really the same type of yeah. audience. But I like that there's both. Like I really enjoyed this movie, even though it is like a little simpler and, like, isn't asking me to, like, contemplate my existence. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. definitely doesn't get
0: nearly as existential as some of these other movies are, right? And this one is heartwarming. It's it's fuzzy. It's cute, and it's clever. And what I like mm-hmm. about it is that it is different. It's a different kind of story, and I've been liking that with Pixar's stuff, um, yeah. that it's not a cookie-cutter... It's not a formula that you don't feel like this is a part of a formula. Um, not even yeah like the visual like they're allowing their artists to explore different visual takes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, from that regard, I think it's it is an absolute standout from 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 some of the others.
2: Yeah, yeah, it felt really unique, and there's even some parts where like you thought like I thought I kind of knew where it was going, yeah. and then they would like kind of put a twist on that little piece and then like make it better than that. like so yep. I really think that this was like a great movie like I, I loved it
1: <laughs> yeah. yep so uh the the last thing I'll, I'll say about it and if you haven't been able to tell by now, I actually really enjoyed this film and I, I it sounds like we all really enjoyed this film. It's worth the watch only an hour and 41 minutes. but the the final thing I'll say is that um at first I was slightly thrown off by some of the choices of characters because the visuals, especially under the sea are a bit harsh. Uh, when we talk about like uh, the characters' appearances, mm-hmm. uh, Luca's eye color, for instance, is very uh, surprising the first time you see it. But he's Amber. a monster.
2: Okay, you right, know, like... exactly.
1: And so, what I thought was interesting. If I think about this film and I think about um, the kind of family forward things that have come out recently, you don't necessarily have that cute like that Yoda that's become such a big deal or Olaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exactly, and I I actually really appreciate that that they didn't they didn't push into that realm, I, that they were restrained a bit with things being too cutesy.
2: Uh, but I mean, I, I want toys of that cat, like okay, yeah, the, yes, <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> but
1: uh, they still had really really great characters in the film. Uh, the The dad is one of my favorite characters, Absolutely. and he's
2: the I, he's a king, like he's yeah. amazing. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. and i always love when uh Pixar, it doesn't matter who it is i like when uh things are are normalized mm-hmm. that and represented that people deal with so yeah. um in the case of the dad without saying too much like he, he has a a, a a a disability yeah a disability yeah, yeah. but it's not really talked about it, there's like at all four words said about it and that's the end of the story. There's a, I
2: was born there. There's that actually way. a moment where the like, was him was not using his Pod arm words. makes him cooler. <laughs> like yeah, I
1: know. So and, and that's the thing like um that is the type of stuff I love from these films is the fact that um especially if we think in terms of kids watching that mm-hmm. that is going to serve as representation for someone yeah. who's a very powerful uh, uh, really, a character you'd, of everybody in this movie—that's a character you would want to be like, uh, a scri- uh, a strive to be—and mm-hmm. and yet he also contains this thing, uh, has this disability that we would see as being a negative. And I'm s- I'm so glad they show it, but it doesn't become like the and we have to tell you about it. It's just yeah. normal, and yeah. I I really appreciate uh, that that's the direction uh, increasingly films are taking. I
0: I yeah. liked specifically with his character and Lauren you you kind of alluded to this earlier I thought for sure one of the big climactic moments of this movie was going to was going to take place with the with the dad and that mm-hmm. I was gonna have to be forced to choose do I still like this character or not mm-hmm. and instead they did something totally different with with that character and I like as much as I was already in love I fell into mm-hmm. a deeper, more respectful like i ended up respecting this animated character
2: i think that's absolutely true because like you you felt like set up that he would have like a good reason to um, be the villain in that scene honestly and the fact that he doesn't is actually earned anyway because like i don't want to say too much but like it's completely earned the fact that he doesn't do that and like that was like really really cool that he like without without yeah. again without making a really big deal about it he just makes the right decision like yep. it changes his whole perspective totally, in a totally minute admirable. that he realizes what's going on yeah yeah when you so realize
0: that a a, a a cartoon character is better than you in every way that's when you <laughs> go oh
2: okay Santa <laughs> want- mozzarella um, <laughs> i love that the cheese changed every time <laughs> Santa gorgonzola <laughs> she's so cute <laughs>
1: um, but anyway all that said I really really love the film I, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are putting social and cultural like subtext to the film and I'm choosing not to talk or guess yeah, or do like, anything with that this one <laughs> I love this film at surface level <laughs> So I think I that would, those surface parts level. about it
2: are good too even without digging like too deep into it like I think that they have positive things to say in a lot of that regard
1: sure so if you if you can uh, uh, apply it to your situation in a way that's like beneficial or helpful and or encouraging great i just i watch this film at surface level and i still really really enjoyed this film it doesn't need any additional meaning to still be impactful yeah. um so uh, i value, recommend the it's film it's still amazing still yeah. great and, and again it's beautiful i think that film is so beautiful um all right that's Luca. Anybody else have anything you want to say on it before we move
0: on? I just love this movie. Yeah, I'm probably great. gonna watch it like over and over. <laughs> and it's yeah. free. If you have Disney Plus,
2: you yeah. don't have to pay premium. I know oh, oh. I will uh, say it is a bummer we can't go see this in a theater, because I would love to. I would love to. Yeah,
0: I'm okay that we don't.
1: Pixar has said <laughs> their next film will release in theater first. That's good.
0: But um, that's next year. The only my only issue with it was that with the fact that it wasn't in theater and the way that it got released and it wasn't on premium, as much as I appreciate that it was free and it's accessible and all those things. Uh, our buddy, Josh Holtzclaw was the art director for the graphic arts of the film. so being able to see his name really big before the main before the main stuff starts scrolling. Um, we were, we were quite happy for, for Josh. He's a good,
2: if he had anything to do with the main credits, like, that was amazing. I love he, those he, like the little drawings in the credits. Like, oh my yeah. god! He
0: made the Vespa poster. The Vespa poster. <laughs> like, yeah, he designed the Vespa <laughs> poster. So, uh, I also had a have days where I'm obsessed with Vespas,
2: So, like, I thought of that course. was so cute. Of course. You
0: did. <laughs> All right,
1: uh, Andrew, 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 take it over.
0: I rolled uh, technology future, and so I'm going to take a little mm-hmm. bit of a different spin on this. It's the future by only a day. Uh, this is happening uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this on release day Patrick and I get the opportunity to uh, and if Lauren if you had been coming in a day sooner you could have been a part of this if you come in Thursday night you do get to be a part of this Mm. just saying that Um,
2: uh, tell me what's up
0: (laughs) Well, so I'm a fan of magic I think I've made that pretty clear I enjoy magicians I enjoy uh, the allure of the mystique as it were um, and there's a magician who I've followed for a little while now. He's he's a regular on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. His name is Dan White. Um, he's phenomenal everywhere he goes. Um, he's he's a really classy. Kind of magician. He's not like David Blaine where he wears like a ripped up white T-shirt and <laughs> looks like he's been sleeping on like a, a train car for six weeks. Like, no, no. This guy wears a pressed <laughs> suit, tailored, wears a tie and a vest, like a three-piece suit, like a proper three-piece suit, a super mm-hmm. handsome gentleman, um, like a proper proper magician, right? He's yeah. a stage-looking magician. However, he does up-close magic and stuff as well. Uh, Well, so Dan White, um, he has been kind of famously working in one of the like the really ritzy hotels in New York uh, for years and years. There's one of the ballrooms you can go and you can his shows sell out all the time. Pre-pandemic was constantly doing these shows again. Like I said, he's been. On the tonight show i think 12 times he's been featured on the tonight show um, yeah i just
2: looked up his picture and like most of his pictures were like the image google images were from being from on the, the tonight, tonight show,
0: show. Yeah. um so he uh again proper proper magician well then the pandemic he's very damn the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> that pandemic? damn hammock uh the damn hammock um <laughs> covid hit how about we say that thanks there we go okay gotcha i don't know why is that I word is so hard for me to that. say the <laughs> pandemic there we go hit and everyone stopped going places we weren't allowed to go places and so everyone had to adjust how they do life how they do work they had to uh re uh, in you know reinvent themselves and um and f- and ad- adjust things and develop things well he's not and you know any different than that? He wasn't able to just magically be able to do shows <laughs> when everything was closed down, and so he got creative. Um, he started uh, developing an all new show. It's an hour and a half long show called The Magician, and it is uh, completely digital. Well, almost completely oh. digital. So there's a show. You um there's a certain number of seats for each show, just like if you were going and sitting in an actual ballroom, certain number of seats that are reserved, and it is a live show that happens over the internet. But what you do once you once you register for it, um, you can I believe they say you can have up to six people I think who you can have come, uh, and watch it with you. Oh, okay. Um, so you you reserve your seats. And when you reserve your seats, they send you a package. Well, the package is here. I'm going to show you the package. Ooh. Um, and I got the box. First of all. It's actually really cool. Yes. <laughs> Here's a bag. It's a burlap bag, if you can see. Mm-hmm. And it says, Patrick, I don't know if you can see the thing, the thing on it, but it says I can't read Open, it, open one hour before showtime. And there are. It's interesting because I would have already opened it by now. I know you would have. That's, that's good why I had Andrew, it not you. That's <laughs> why I had it here. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it's a bag full. I mean, there's stuff. It's weighty. There's like legit mm-hmm. stuff inside of this. Oh, uh, I can't wait to find out what's in it. Open one hour before showtime, and it's got his monogram, and it's got the magician. It's it's beautiful. Then there's this other box. Do you see this? Ooh. This box nice. is yeah. black like. with gold foil and there's all sorts of um uh what am I why am I blanking filigree? on the word filigree but what do you call it when you press in
2: um Oh um, um embossed? Or? Embossed.
0: The the whole box is embossed. I don't know if you can see all the des- the the design details yeah. or whatever. Oh my god. Um, it looks like
2: a cigar box kind of but like it, much more magical.
0: Yes. And I don't know if you can see who puts this on Dan White worked in conjunction with Theory Eleven, so all hey, of the price. materials, all of the materials are top-notch quality. I can only imagine. Like I said, I've done several of the Theory Eleven games and and magical things. Um, if it, if this is even half as fun and creative and magical as those things, uh, well worth the money that it costs to to reserve a seat. So. I don't know what I'm, what this experience is going to be like yet. However, all of the Sounds reviews very cool. are raving, um, and I'm very excited. They had us; um, I had to submit a roster of who was coming with names. Um, so, Lauren, if you end up coming, you're not going to be on the roster. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine they're going to try to incorporate those names into the show mm-hmm. somehow, but I'm not sure. Uh, mm-hmm. The experience, I don't know what it's going to be but in a couple of days we will know and next week it will be part of the around the table uh but i'm just so excited that that we have been able to utilize technology in such a way these days that it's not stopping things that would have traditionally been uh only in person right like these would have been only things and it's it'd be one thing to just watch like watch an online video of someone who did a magic show and like I, we've talked about those before too, right? Like we've talked about, uh, in and of itself on Hulu and that was amazing and it's super cool and it's still really magical, but this is a live show with a limited number of seats where you get to interact with the show because there's real physical, tangible things. This one says do not open until instructed on the box. So some point in the show, this is going to become a part of the part of the show. Um, Technology is allowing us to be able to do these things now and now affording us the opportunity to go see his show and be a part of his show and not have to go to New York City like this is allowing us to do this. So I appreciate Dan for leaning into the technology and not, you know, shying away from uh, shying away from things because of the pandemic, Um, really just leaning into it. So I'm excited to talk about what it was like next week but as for now this is future yeah it happens soon uh and uh i'm i'm really really stoked for it so off air lauren we'll figure out whether or not you can get here in time so that you can be a part of it that'd be fun yeah
2: for sure it um, sounds so cool though like cuz especially having done so many like virtual comic cons and types of things where like it you lose all of the interactivity because like it's not even a live event that you're watching you know via satellite or whatever you know so it's like this sounds so much cooler than like anything else.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. There's, there's definitely a greater level of interaction and a greater label, greater, greater level of. um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Struggled. So like, okay. Well, Patrick, all I'm picturing now is Ben Stiller popping out of a, a, (laughs) of a a beanbag chair. (laughs) <laughs> like that's all I'm picturing because of what you I like when so. he's
2: hiding in the dumbwaiter for days I know he's got the lettuce on him <laughs> yeah.
0: But where'd the lettuce come from <laughs> Um all right so that's enough uh, for me and the magician we'll talk more about it next week Lauren cool. take us home
2: All right uh magician actually ties in well with uh what I'm going to talk about cuz it also magician magic <laughs> I'm not talking about the magician I'm talking about a different book that I love <laughs> Uh, So last time I got books and I got any book I want and uh, usually I deliberate about this for a long time and find something really weird and obscure that would be interesting to everybody, but uh, I went more straightforward this time. I picked just one of my favorite books. This is probably one of my, like, like, I couldn't pick, like, an exact number, but, like, top five favorite books for sure. Like, it's one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not the only one who thinks so. This won a Pulitzer Prize. So it's not exactly like I'm finding this, like, weird book that no one's ever heard of this time. So Charles
0: Pulitzer <laughs> also enjoys this book.
2: Exactly. One other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Pulitzer, it's awesome. I
1: barely know her. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so I have mentioned this book before. Um, I've also mentioned the author before. The author is Michael Chabon. Um, he wrote The Yiddish Policeman's Union, which I know for a fact I brought up before. And uh, Andrew told me that I've recommended this book to him, That does not surprise me because I recommend this book to many, many people. But I do genuinely think you would really like it. Um, so I'll give you a little summary of what it's about, right? So um, this is a coming-of-age story about... Two Jewish cousins, Joseph Cavalier and Sammy Clayman, who later changed his name to Sam Clay. Um, Joe comes to live with Sammy in New York in 1939. Um, he is escaping Prague, literally, like escapes it, be it, like Houdini style, in a coffin um, to escape the Nazis and um, lives with his cousin in New York. Uh, they initially have like nothing in common, but then they find out they both love Harry Houdini and comic books. So um, Joe is an artist and Sammy is a writer. So they end up like creating comics together and they create a in the book, a fictional comic book character called the escapist. Since this book has been written, they have actually made the escapist into a real comic book. So that oh, it is confusing. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, Wait, is it? The sa- Is book- it
0: based on the same thing? Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, Michael Chabon wrote
2: the first couple books of The Escapist also, and then it was later passed on to um, Brian K. Vaughn, who is like king comic writer. If he's the one who takes it, that's like a great thing. Uh, I've actually never read the comic books this is based on, but I should hunt them down at some point because I love, love, love this book. Um, So The Escapist is is like a magician superhero, basically. He's kind of like... um, Harry Houdini meets Batman with, like, a little bit of, like, The Shadow kind of vibe because it's very pulpy type feel. Um, Later in the book, like, uh, The Escapist gets, uh, like, adapted into a radio play and a movie and stuff. So, like, you kind of get that feeling that it feels like those, like, kind of, like, a lot like The Shadow and, like, those old radio play type of um, dramas. And it's, like, it's really, really awesome. So... Um the book is is very long. It's like six hundred something pages, but it is like the entire story of them growing up. um in addition to like creating their comic book and like having success with it, it also um they run into when comics start coming against the code of ethics and like all of that stuff. It's very much based on like what really happened in comic books around this time. Um, it just like is with fictional characters. like you can definitely see like one to one the like historical references of what they're talking about as you read it, but they are made-up characters. Um, and uh, so, like, World War II happens in the middle of this. There's a love story. There are kids. Like, I mean, it's really, like, an awesome, awesome book. Um, it is certainly rated R. There are some very, like, traumatic things that happen to the characters in this book, so I don't want to say, like, this is, like, an easy-breezy adventure story. Um, but it is very beautiful. Like, what, like, for what tragic parts there are, there are equally beautiful, happy parts and... Like, they don't just do this stuff for no reason. It really, like, builds onto itself and, like, makes this great story. Um, eventually, this will be a movie or a TV show. It's been, like, bought to become one many times, but they've never kind of finished it for various reasons. Like, I think it will be great whenever they do that. I think it's, like, made for that. Like, you could, like, as you read it, you can just, like, very easily visualize what it would all be like. So... Um, I I love this book I even started like just rereading like the first few pages like today like trying to like refresh myself a little bit and I was like oh my gosh I really just want to like sit down and keep reading the like entire thing Um, I've read it a couple times and it's great Uh, I like everything Michael Chabon does but this is in my opinion his best book and it's it really is great so totally recommend The Adventures of Cavalier The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay and if you feel like reading comic books based on the same thing you can check out The Escapist
0: and then when you're done with that, you can read the book by his co-host, Colin Jost, uh, A Very <laughs> Punchable Face.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's a funny joke. Come on. Michael Chabon. Michael Che and Colin Jost. Come on. We understand, Andrew. I don't think it doesn't my, even Am explanation. I explanation. Am I muted? <laughs> Honestly, it
1: would be funnier if I muted you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh, Lawrence really is messed up <laughs> oh, <okay.
2: laughs> Yeah, that's why I was like One second, sorry But I think it's okay now I think I fixed it uh, Andrew, just tell your joke again
1: <laughs> Maybe uh, here's a good setup uh, SNL has uh, two people do Weekend Update Those are comedians Michael Che and Colin Jost yeah.
0: Alright, go ahead <laughs> Here's a quick backstory <laughs> To fully understand the context of no, the No, I joke. think
2: your, your joke still worked Before I, set, Did it? I didn't say anything But you're good Our
0: patrons will appreciate it. That's all I know. (laughs) Everyone's going to appreciate (laughs) it because I'm leaving it in. I'm excited, Lauren. Uh, You have told me to get this book. I think I may have already... I think I may have already downloaded the Audible version. What was the first book oh, you cool. just said? Wait, what was the first? I think it may be. Uh, the, the Yiddish Policeman's Union. The Yiddish Policeman. Yeah, I, I downloaded that one. So I haven't downloaded yeah. this one yet. So
2: Well, that was the order that I did these books originally. I read Yiddish Policeman's Union, which led me to this book, and then I read all of his other books. <laughs> but like he's a great writer. It's a lot I, of fun. I'd recommend all of his books.
1: I say this in the most positive way possible. My day has had about two hundred percent more rabbis than I anticipated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've had nothing but terrible things to say about him. It's, it's honestly been concerning. Um, I'd be. It is very I'd be worried. Jewish to complain. I would be worried for your soul if you're to listen to all of them. Um, I like that this book, though, has peripheral, uh, you know, supplemental material, like the comic book that goes like that's cool to me. Mm-hmm. It gives me a, an yeah. expanded universe that allows me. Because sometimes, like, I don't want to get involved in a one-off book because I'm like, I get invested in these characters and I want to know more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I like if if there's like a trilogy or you know a a long series. I like knowing that and I like coming in at the end so that I
2: can binge read them. (laughs) Um, Well, just to be fair, the continuation isn't of the story with the characters in the book. It's of their comic book hero but
0: yeah but I get that like yeah like knowing that this is part of that I'll understand the Mm -hmm. characters and then I can read the character that those characters created that that expands that universe like I I like that so yeah I
2: think it's really cool that like they basically like made the thing from the book into reality like I feel like this doesn't this happens with movies a lot where you get to like see the real thing in real life and like this is like the book version and it's very cool (laughs) yeah I'm 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 here for it for sure I love it. Okay. Well, I hope that's it for me.
0: That, that's, that's all for the time then. Then we've done it all. We did it, guys. It is. We did uh, Then I think all we have left to do is roll some dice. Yeah?
2: Let's do it. Okay. On that
1: note, Orby Dice, uh, tomorrow will be its last day on Kickstarter. It's up to
0: $670,000. Tomorrow, it's like Thursday, hundred thousand the same looked. day that we're doing this magician thing. Right, Patrick? Yes, Tomorrow, Perfect. which is today, if you listen to this
1: on Thursday, <laughs> <laughs> and last week, if you listen to this
0: next Monday, <laughs> they have released some new designs that look better, by the way, because they've unlocked the the tears. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Lauren, what'd you roll?
2: I got a ten, which is film, and I got a one, so it is past. Past. All right. Past. The past is the past.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> I rolled a nat one.
2: Oh, your choice. Whoop whoop
1: whoop. Yeah.
0: Thank you, everybody. I oh, think we that, said that one should be we choose your topic.
2: Ooh, I kinda like that. What do you think? Yeah.
0: I'm it gonna just say films. Like, I'm but I, I say got film a one so on that my, my own. Two,
2: Change it after this.
0: I'm gonna say two I'm gonna say it should be films that you both have to re-roll. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but I will
1: say this. I do, I do intend on seeing uh, fast nine. Before the next time we podcast. So I'm just going to say film and I'm going to talk fast nine.
2: Okay. Does that mean that I have to pick a new one? No. 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 no, 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 okay. no. okay. Okay. Not at Does all. It. So you're choosing the same one. All right. Did I'm you get roll? past, present, or future? Pass. She got past. Oh, great. What uh, we
1: said is ones have to roll the time. And we said, tw- we said twenties get to pick. I rolled a two, which is present. So it just works out okay. that I'll be able to talk yeah. F9. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Great.
0: Uh, magnets. That's all I'm saying. All right. How <laughs> did uh, work? That's
2: science? <laughs> uh,
0: no, I rolled a. You, don't, you haven't seen that commercial for F9 yet where they they put magnets in the cars and they drive off of the cliff and then a helicopter comes by or whatever and snags it I, with the magnets? I
2: have, but you made a Breaking Bad reference. <laughs> and it's like, it's science.
0: <laughs> oh. I, for, I didn't realize I was making that reference, but you're right. Uh, all right. In my head, <laughs> six and a four. So I can talk about whatever. TV, TV, great choice. Ooh, good. Ooh, good. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Great. I hey, have. You said you've been
2: watching lots of TV. Yes. This is perfect. Perfect. It's perfect.
1: Um, I might not talk Fast Nine. Who knows? Ooh, then I'm that, keeping have people to catch
2: on, the- up on. I'm gonna get. have to get more Fast and Furious before next week to be able to talk about it. <laughs> I've listened none of them. To I will. Be
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to get less fast and furious but i'm gonna try to be less fast and furious by next i'm gonna
2: week. be slow and happy instead uh, yeah <laughs> um
0: okay that's it for this episode you can find show notes and links to all the stuff over at m of one network if you're a patron thank you so much you got a, p- a handful of extra minutes of content this week for sure um and <laughs> it, uh it was kind
1: of political a little
0: uh patron episode coming up shortly too yeah Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the things that we said we're recording when we're all together this week. Mm-hmm. So I think you might get a special patron episode this, this week uh, or this month as well. So if you're not a patron, go over to patreon.com M of One podcast and uh, drop four, two, or six. <laughs> dollars a month to, for those tiers i don't know why i started with the four
1: we're really trying to promote that four dollar <laughs> tier right now yeah. <laughs> we're pushing hard
0: for the four Could you start in
2: the middle like there's <laughs> some uh psychological reasoning yeah that takes over i think
0: <laughs> i've <laughs> just been spending so much time with my 11 year old son who will say uh you know it's only it's only four or three or six or or eight dollars <laughs> <laughs> give me the rent don't give me a like just say a thing Um, but uh, yeah (laughs) go over to Patreon and support the show there that is so so helpful for us and for all of our new patrons who have joined us in the last month uh, thank you you guys help us out Uh, you can help us out for free though by going over and rating and reviewing the show dropping a few five star reviews never hurt nobody and then um, letting us know what you think about the show we have said this before and we'll say it again we will read your reviews on air and if you tell us to use a voice we will use that voice assuming that it's not you know offensive yeah offensive we will yeah we will do our best believe it or not we will do our best to not be offensive um and so (laughs) go ahead and do that it doesn't cost any money it takes very little time uh and then what else i don't i don't know there's stuff check us out on social that's where we are uh our whole network is there you can find uh, Dungeons and Designers, and the drawing board, which I think we might have a new drawing board coming up sooner rather than later, and so stay tuned to our social media uh, for that, for more information on that. But I think for now, we're going to get out of this episode. I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of Es.
2: I am not cool co everywhere.
0: And I'm Patrick. <laughs> Part of me thinks that was a joke, and then there's also a 30% chance that you just weren't listening and thought this was. All right, we're done out- with the record, right, everybody? <laughs> okay, and stop. <laughs> uh, for now, I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. And I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios.
1: Bye.